Je voudrais vous demander une chose. Est-ce que vous croyez aux fantômes Hello everyone, this is People Pictures Words, episode 10. Today's episode is going to focus on getting out of your comfort zone. So today is the last episode of uh, season one of this podcast. We're going to take a month break to focus on our YouTube channel. It's called 50mm French Goal. It consists of slice of life vignettes shot in, well not shot in black and white, but with a French new wave aesthetic, Kiara writes and stars and... And do I, the voiceover. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and what a lovely voice you have. And you're getting so many, so many wonderful comments about it. Yes, I do. Yeah, so the channel's actually doing quite well, I mm -hmm. would say. We're on almost 300 subscribers. We've only been around for less than two months. And uh, it's actually one of the things that we can lead with um, mm -hmm. in terms of getting out of one's comfort zone. Because I was always uncomfortable filming. Mm -hmm. I, I can pick up a camera, I can shoot, but I was used to directing and editing. I would never film any of my own content. Right. So when we decided to do the channel, it was a big kind of step forward for me. Even though it's a, I mean, it's a, it's not a cheap camera, but when you consider the range of cameras out there, it's it's a, it's a cheap camera. You know, it's a Canon 70D, but we had a 50 millimeter lens, and that's all we had. So we decided to call it 50 millimeter French gold. I decided that it was time for me to explore another avenue of my art, which is filming. Right. I can say pretty much the same about me because <clears throat> never in my life had I thought about showing my face on the internet, basically. And not only my face, but my voice and my texts, which is a big deal. Uh, so when we started the YouTube channel, it was a kind of a, a test. I think so. Mm. And we started to see the potential that it had. On the second video. On the second video, right. Mm. And eventually we, we had so much fun shooting. Like for me, this is everything that I wanted to do. And for some reason, this is everything that I didn't dare to do. Right, no, I completely agree. I never thought about doing this until I met you. And then, well, now it's become my number one focus. My number one priority is right. actually growing this channel. I'd always been good at editing, you know. Uh, I've been editing since I was a teenager, so I knew that that wouldn't be a problem, but I was worried about the filming aspect of it because it involves, you know, a lot of technical know-how that I'm not very skilled with, but I'm getting better and better yeah, as right. time goes by with it. And since we're talking about getting out of our comfort zones, I think a lot of us make excuses. For example, with this podcast, We were making excuses for a few weeks, remember? We were like, we need to download the software, we need to learn how to use it, we need to get a mic, we need to get this. We just record this on an iPhone. Now, I'm sorry for those of you who don't like the audio quality, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's fine. It's a, it's, it's a mic. Yeah, and it as well. Yeah, yeah and, and like, if we had the funding to build a studio, I would totally do that, you know, for this podcast, but it shouldn't stop you from doing something at the beginning. No. You know, so you make a lot of excuses for why you don't want to step out of your comfort zone. Right. Um, for me, I've always been nervous about speaking. 
always I feel insecure when I speak, especially in front of a lot of people. But I hate the sound of my own voice. Ah, I, I used to hate mine as well, for some reason. But you have an objectively stunning voice. Yeah, but you know, it's it was an insecurity of mine because sometimes I think that I sound too high pitch, and sometimes I think that I sound too low. And even then, like starting a podcast, like even with the excuses of not having the right equipment for that. Mm -hmm. This was also a, you know, how do you, obstacle? Yeah. Because I'm not English. English is not my mother's tongue. This mm -hmm. is French, but I think I can talk English well. You're fluent. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm fluent. Your fluency is not about just nailing the grammar, you mm. know, or the complex vocab. Mm. It's not about that. It's just about being able to hold up a conversation yeah. fluently, yeah, you know, right. with no pauses, uh -huh. you know. So it's uh, quite the same thing, like, well, there's my accent, which I don't, I don't mind, because sometimes I I listen to myself and, I say, and I'm like, okay, now, there, I sound French, or there, my accent's getting better. But anyway, um, I would say doing a podcast is, I've always been listening to podcasts, and I would quote the Emma Chamberlain's one, because this is one she's of a, my, yeah. She's a big inspiration for you, yeah. Yeah, like Joe Rogan is for you. Well, I in think, terms of podcasts, right? I, for me, Joe Rogan's it's more about the people he has on and mm -hmm. how those people have shaped his views over time. You know, he's a person willing to open up his belief system to criticism, um, and he's the best devil's advocate in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's never going to judge you, but he will. Uh, challenge you and you will challenge mm -hmm. your views and it's interesting you bring him up because I had a good friend on the podcast just a few days ago and I'm so fucking proud of him in many ways he inspired me a lot we used to live in South Korea we were very good friends and um, he never had issues speaking in front of a crowd or rather he did but he overcame them by standing up and speaking in front of a crowd he, I remember he took a shot at stand-up comedy. He's very, very funny, but now he has a successful YouTube channel. Mm. And that's part of, part of why the YouTube channel is so successful, I think, is his humor. But he once did this, he tried to do this documentary series, and I think it would have been successful um, had he gone ahead with it. it. It was about basically people overcoming their fears or him overcoming his fears. Mm. And one of his fears was standing in front of a crowd and telling jokes as a comedian. Uh concept of the show is you go and you just do that you know and it was funny he was he was very very funny i'm just using him as an example right of i've i've always believed that i have a voice i've just been so afraid to put it out there because oh. i'm afraid of what people will think and especially the culture we live in today with this cancel culture you know like am i saying anything right now yeah. that 10 years five years mm. later is gonna get me you know yeah. but the thing is you just have to not think about that at all. Right. And not care about that at all. Because, let me just, uh, to uh, finish my point, about this cancel culture thing, anyone who engages in it seriously, like thinks that it should be there and engages in it actively to try to cancel people, they can go Yeah, well, that's, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna jump on the cancel culture, but previously you said like, you, you always knew that you had a voice, but for some reason you never dared to put it on the internet because of the cancel culture. Basically, what I was gonna say here is that there's a, how do you call that? Uh, a proverb, uh, a quote 
let's say in French, it's like, I'm gonna translate it to you, it's like, uh, it's not because it's difficult that we do not dare, it's because we do not dare that it's difficult. I see, right. Life becomes difficult if you don't do the things you want to do. Right, you already lose. Right, I mean, in order to do anything meaningful in life, you have to step out of your comfort zone, mm -hmm. you know? But what is a comfort zone for you? I mean, For me, a comfort zone is... I think for me, a comfort zone is symbolically lying on a couch and watching Netflix. And I don't think lying on a couch and watching Netflix is a bad thing. I do it, I enjoy it. I think what I really mean is you give yourself excuses not to do things that you really, really want to do. And you make up these reasons because in order to do these things, you have to risk criticism. You have to risk being judged. You have to risk people not liking it. You have to, for example, writing, screenwriting. You know, I've written scripts. Some of them have been liked. Some of them have been hated. A lot of them are trash. One of them has won an award. Uh, but when I started out, I would never finish a screenplay. I would always give myself an excuse never to finish a screenplay, simply because I was afraid of the idea of somebody reading it and giving me feedback and saying, I don't quite like this, or I don't quite agree with this, or you should do that. I think for me, I don't know, that's a bit of a long-winded answer, but okay. yeah, okay. That's, that's my, you know, long-winded definition of a comfort zone. Okay. Well, I would say for me is basically carry on the things you used to do because, and I would pick an example very, very easy here. Since we talked in the previous episodes of our, um, yeah, of our podcast with our respective illnesses. Oh, uh, Loving Some of the Mental Illness. Yes. Oh, for episodes eight and nine. Right. I used to have so many bad habits that for some reason I didn't want to quit because it became part of my life and I didn't know how I would function without them. So now that I met you and uh, basically we live together, very, very easy example. I would say you really helped me with eating lunch, not a big one, but at least some snacks, some to munch on some things because that was easier for me not to eat before but it didn't do me any any good mm -hmm. and simply because it reassured me like because you when you're sick when you're when you're unhappy the things that make you they can potentially make you feel happy scare you because that's the they require effort right and that it's also something that you don't know that you've never experienced and um, I, I would say me, I, I intend to be quite afraid of the unknown. So that's why uh, for me, traveling is very important. It's part of getting out of your comfort zone, literally. Oh, absolutely. Traveling for sure. Traveling on your own. On your own. So that's yeah. what I did when I came to South Africa. Mm. This is literally getting out of my comfort zone. Not only my bed to, to go on the street and walk or see some friends, but actually leaving my country, taking a plane and discovering another country that I've never been in before. And so far, so good. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say the same thing about, you know, I have bipolar and um, my depression episodes. I would never talk about them before. 
I didn't want to talk about them. I wanted an excuse to remain depressed so I could go climb under the blankets and stay there and just let my depression eat away at me until I got up. You know, my new approach to it is mentioning it, bringing it up, saying, I feel an episode's coming on. I feel manic. I feel depression. And the moment I acknowledge that and I speak about it, I vocalize it, I already start to feel better because now I start thinking about things to alleviate that depression. For example, uh, this is a poor example because it's not about depression, but I had diarrhea this morning, very, very bad diarrhea. And I was out of it for most of the day. And I knew that a Powerade was gonna help me out, but I didn't want to get in the car to go and drive to get one. I wanted you to Uber Eats it for me, but they didn't have the blue one. And I want the blue one. I'm not going to have any other one. I'm stubborn like that. And well, it would involve me getting in the car and driving to the station and going to the shop and getting the Powerade. I wasn't feeling very well, but was I feeling that bad that I couldn't drive? No, I was able to stomach up the strength to get in the car to suffer a little bit. You know, it's a short drive. It wasn't it was uncomfortable, I was a bit dazed, you know, during it. I was very depleted of energy. I hadn't eaten anything, I'd taken medication. But the moment I gulped down that first Powerade, I immediately started feeling better. Yeah, right. Right, my comfort zone to today was lying on the couch watching Netflix actually, mm. you know, and feeling sorry for myself because I was sick. That was my comfort zone today. Funny enough, now that you're mentioning, you know, being sick, well, yesterday <laughs> I seen a doctor and for a long, long time of my life, I, I always hated seeing doctors. I would always avoid them at all costs mm -hmm. because I thought that I didn't need it, that it was a, lost, um, a waste of money, a waste of time. And I just hate saying that I'm not comfortable in hospitals. I'm not comfortable in offices because just because I'm afraid of the unknown, mm -hmm. just because I'm afraid of what if uh, the doctor tells me that I have cancer or whatever. Right. And so basically my problem was that for quite a while, I had a little problem with my toe, which was a little bit uncomfortable at the beginning, but it started to be even more and more painful to the point where I had to get it removed and the whole nail the whole nail basically so well sorry this is disgusting but uh, when I saw this doctor and she told me miss you need a an operation like this is the only way because you delayed so so many times that this is this is the worst point now there's no other solution. I, I've tried several medications just to say, okay, I'm treating, I'm treating my toe, but remember I always used to say, yeah, I'm gonna do it in one hour. Yeah, in one hour. And then she mentioned, okay, I'm gonna remove it. Do you wanna think about it maybe? I said, no, let's, let's do it right now. Yeah, you just jumped right into it. Local anesthetic. Yeah. You know, I had two ingrowing toenails and I refused to go under local anesthetic. I was so insistent to go on a general anesthetic because I hated the idea of a needle being stuck into my toe and then being awake while this procedure was happening. I'm squirmish like that. I couldn't even be in the room, remember? I had to, I had to leave the room. I was there in spirit, but I just kind of stood in the waiting room. 
it was incredibly, I would say incredibly brave of you to just say yes immediately. Yeah, well, anyway, so even the doctor told me, wow, you're very brave. And I said, well, actually, it was quite funny. It was painful at the beginning, but local anesthesia is fine, my love. Like, uh, you, don't, you don't feel anything. Just don't look, don't look, look away. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You see, but I have this problem called curiosity. Mm. You know, this idea of a nail being lifted off a toe is so grotesquely fascinating yeah that you know and even yours hmm? even yours oh yeah, yeah, i don't know somebody else's yeah yeah for like a second and then you know while i'm stoned you know <laughs> <laughs> this year was a big well, i would say the last 12 months has been a big year for me in terms of standing up for myself and um, that's one of the things i've started doing standing up to even friends you know, learning to say no, learning to turn down jobs, editing jobs that pay shit, where people expect you to work for peanuts, but do a lot of work, even if I needed the money, turning down the job. So respecting myself more. Exactly. Respecting yourself takes a lot of effort, actually. It requires you stepping out of your comfort zone, because most of us, well, I mean, the whole point of the comfort zone is that you're kind of disrespecting yourself by not doing the things that you really deep down dream of doing. Exactly, yeah. I feel exactly the same. People sometimes think that other people are so desperate for money that they will eventually try to ask you to do a job for a poor salary, mm -hmm. expecting you to accept it because you're desperate, but you're not a kind of a man, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, it's a big thing in South Africa, actually, just the culture here, mm. just, you know, to say, so they'll talk about the project first, They'll say how awesome it is. They'll tell you how, what their plan with it is. And then you'll bring up budget and they'll be like, yeah, about that. Eh, done, cancel. That's when I, that's when I cancel people. I cancel people when the topic of money becomes, yeah, well, you know, we've kind of, you know, sort of, our budget's not that big and blah, blah, blah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so basically you start to, Stand up for yourself. Mm -hmm. oh, I've witnessed it. I've witnessed that a lot. Now you actually say no, even to friends, to people. You say that, dude, I'm not really happy with the situation at the moment. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be like that. It's very uncomfortable. Mm. It's very, very uncomfortable. But in order to, Jordan Peterson said this once. He said, in order to speak, you need to risk being offended and you need to risk offending other people just by opening your mouth, you know? So that's what I'm talking about, this culture that we live in now. People are afraid to speak. So actually speaking, especially on a, on a public platform like this, and putting it out there for people to listen to, where they can cut sound bites out of it and make me sound like whoever they want to, you know? They could make me sound like Adolf Hitler, they can make me sound like Mahatma Gandhi, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> if they edit it correctly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's on the internet, it's there forever. Mm -hmm. mm. Even now, I, I stand them for myself. Usually, like before, I didn't notice it, but there was some kind of a gaslight sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and I wouldn't acknowledge it. I wouldn't even like notice it because it was, it's a, part of the French culture or... Like, oh yeah, you guys gaslight each other like yeah. motherfuckers. Like, mm. like it's not a big deal, it's a joke, I'm just joking, you know? Mm. But this is not funny mm -hmm. and this is this hurt my feeling and now I don't take this, this, this shit anymore. Like I, 
I wouldn't laugh and people would say, why don't you laugh? I said, because you just offended me. This is, uh, this is not correct if you're my friend. Wow, this is, well, anyway. Uh, yeah, I try to now, I'm really, really aware of the gaslights mm -hmm. because this brings me down and I just want to stand up for myself now because I know my value now. And I have even come, conversely, I've become aware of how often I gaslight, not as much as I used to, but gaslighting of other people. And me being aware of that and stopping that as also a way of kind of climbing out of my comfort zone because it's so easy to just point fingers and, you know, try to bring somebody else down because, or make them think there's something wrong with them because you're jealous or whatever, whatnot, you know? And it's it's a very difficult thing to not do that, actually. I don't know, Some maybe some people are primed to just be nice people, but being kind takes an effort. It, it's it's an effort to be to be nice, to be kind, to be uh, to be a good person. I think takes a lot of effort. Yeah, like we say in, in France, uh, trop bon, trop con means too too nice, too dumb. <laughs> yeah, wow, exactly. I mean, that's like gaslighting an entire population. Hey, if you're nice, there's something wrong with you. In Korea, it's you need to suffer in order to be able to smile. Uh, you know, I told you one of the things they say is Sugasha Sunida at the end of a film shoot, which is you suffered, literally, you suffered. Yeah. You know, it's not a gaslight, but it kind of implies that, you know, work should be suffering. Yeah, and you and deserve it, to rest only if you have suffered. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and that's just a terrible way to live. Jesus. You know, but if you live that way, if you only live that way, if you don't, if you're not aware of it, like, you know that that's part of the French culture. But now you're aware of it so you're not going to try to change the culture but when you're in france you're not going to put up with it no sure no and uh one last thing that we can both add i think because i think we feel kind of the same way about it is starting a relationship yeah no i agree like uh, the first serious one for me and a brand new one. Well, you. a brand new one for me after, uh, just to be frank, a divorce at the beginning of last year and a trip to the psych ward uh, in the middle of the year, you know? And I basically told myself the month we met that I am not gonna meet a woman for a year. I'm done, canceled. And on that very same day. So it just shows that when you're, when you're stepped out of your comfort zone, not necessarily looking for that thing. You might find that thing. So you might not get the thing that, you, that you're aiming for necessarily, but you might tick off a box on the list of meaningful things that you want to do just by stepping out of your comfort zone, just by, you know, I never used to go out at all. I never used to like uh, being around people. You know, ever since I've met you, I think I've kind of overcome my fear of yeah. small crowds, at oh. least, small crowds. And uh, I think that you know, has given me a lot of confidence to speak, to voice my opinions, to know that my voice and the words that I say and the things that I think, they, they deserve to be heard. Yeah, right, they matter. And uh, I'd say for me, it's not like I didn't believe in love. Um, I'm referencing to starting your relationship because this is actually my first one and my first serious one and my first meaningful true one. Uh, 
it's not that I didn't believe in love, but it's more likely I didn't believe in myself to fall in love because before I met you, I didn't love myself enough and um, I wasn't really prepared to feel love because I was afraid and uh, I was afraid to be disappointed or to be cheated on, cheated on or to be treated poorly, whatever, because um, it, it takes responsibility. Mm. And, you know, I, I have an illness and I didn't feel comfortable enough, like strong enough to, to, to start it because I didn't know anything practically about it. Like, I didn't have many relationships before. That's why I said to myself, no, Kiara, you're not ready for this at the moment. But that's, I think, when it happens. I think when you're not looking for it, that's when it happens. And that's when it comes to like, okay, you've got to decide now. Are you going to try to, you know, tick off the list of things that you want to do before you're in a relationship? Like, okay, I should be financially secure. I should uh, lose 10 pounds. I should uh, get a haircut. I should this, that, and the other. I mean, you want to look good in life. You want to treat yourself with respect. You want to treat your body with respect, but you also don't want to make these things you haven't done a reason not to approach somebody and say, Hi, my name is, can I grab coffee with you? Mm, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. Oh. It's been a really... Um, Wonderful journey. It has. It's been a... a I've really enjoyed the podcast. Um, I'm excited for the next season. We're going to take a month off, I think, I said yes. at the beginning, um, to focus on our YouTube channel. Do check it out, listeners. It's mm -hmm. called 50 Millimeter French Girl, spelled 50 mm French girl, it's yeah. on, yeah, well, it's a YouTube channel, so it's, uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, this is a unique piece of, of content. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, a, it's a visual component to complement the audio mm. um, component of kind of the, I guess, the art we're trying to create. Yeah. Yeah, which is why we decided to call the podcast People Pictures Words in the first place. Exactly. Because it's, at the end of the day, it's always people, pictures of people, and words of people. The things that they say. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lovely people. And, and yeah. we'll see you. We'll see you guys in a month. In a month for season two. Bye-bye. Bye. Il y a des aventures tous les jours.